So if we want to understand the process of passing away, we have to compare it to the process of being born. A soul comes into a body at birth, and a soul leaves the body at the end of, of its contract. Coming into the body and leaving the body are, are, are similar. You know, a reverse of each other. No soul can come into the body in a minute. It's too shocking. That's why there are nine months of gestation, of pregnancy. The soul has to get used to being a body. It can't, it can't go so suddenly from being unlimited and free to suddenly being stuck in a tiny body. In fact, it doesn't even begin with conception, it starts months earlier. Like we know that 40 days before conception, the soul is told what life is going to be. You're gonna be strong, you're gonna be rich, you're gonna be, you're gonna be um, male, you're gonna be female, you're gonna marry so-and-so will marry so-and-so. So you're given a little picture of life so that, you, so that the soul can at least think about being in a body before it gets into the body. So really, the entire process of a soul coming into a body takes 12 months. And that's why in the Torah, where, for example, Avraham and Sarah are given a blessing by the angel that they're going to have a child, the blessing is this time next year, which means a year from now. Why a year from now? Why not nine months? Because the process of birth really takes 12 months. There are a few months of preparation, introduction, getting emotionally ready. Then there's conception and nine months of pregnancy. So the soul has to gradually, step by step, come into the body. At conception, that's the first contact that the soul makes with a physical substance. There isn't much of a body. It's not even a fetus yet, but it's physical. And that's pretty shocking, even after all the preparation. So David HaMelech says in Tehillim, Avi ve'imi azavuni v'Hashem ya'asfeni. My mother and father abandoned me, but God took me in. What does it mean my mother and father abandoned me? At conception, there is nothing the mother and father can do for the baby. 
they can't help the baby at all. They might not even know that there was conception. So at the time of conception, what are the mother and father doing? Usually sleeping. So who's taking care of this tiny baby? Hashem. God gathered me in, took care of me when nobody else could. After conception, the soul and the body kind of merge. The body gets bigger, the soul comes more into the body. After 40 days after conception, the connection is becoming really significant. And then abortion is not allowed. Third month, at the end of three months of pregnancy, that's another major stage of connection. Then five months, then nine months. All of this time, the body and the soul grow closer and closer to each other. Then at birth, major giant step forward. But at birth also, David HaMelech says, Gam ki eilech begeitz ki ata imodi. When I go through the dangerous valley, I am not afraid because God is with me. What is the valley of death? The birth process. When, you, when the fetus leaves the womb where it is safe and comfortable and comes out into the world where it doesn't yet know how to breathe, that's a pretty dangerous valley. Scary. How does the fetus survive this trauma? Because God is there and the fetus knows it. So the fetus has the courage to go through that trauma. So every fetus that is born has already had an experience with God. That's how it survives the trauma. Now we know that while it's in the womb, the fetus feels like it's in heaven. Compared to being out of the womb, it is heaven. So what does the fetus do while it's in the womb? It learns the entire Torah. Isn't that what a soul does when it leaves the body and goes to heaven? In, in Gan Eden, it learns Torah. So the beginning of life and the conclusion of life have a lot in common. The trauma of being born makes the fetus forget what it learned. It erases the memory. So if it's such a terrible trauma, how does the baby survive at all? Because God is there. That's why it is safe to assume that at the end of life, 
when a person is about to pass away, even if all his life he didn't believe in God, in the last minutes, he, he not only believes in God, he sees God. Just like the fetus felt God's presence that gave it courage to come into the world, every person before they pass away experience God again, and that gives them the courage to leave the world. So nobody dies an atheist. So let's continue with the birth process. After being born, the body and the soul are still not solid for three months. After three months, when the baby is three months old, the body and the soul have merged in a very strong, healthy way. The godly soul continues to merge with the body for 12 years in a girl and, and 13 years in a boy. At the end of 12 years in the girl and 13 years in the boy, the body and the soul are completely merged. Now, what happens at the end? Again, the same thing. The soul can't just leave the body. It needs to be able to understand what's going to happen. It needs to be warned before it happens, and it needs to get ready. Many people will tell you that a month before they passed away, they knew. They knew. They weren't afraid, but they were sure. This is it. Some people are not so conscious, but they, they all know. So the first thing that happens is the soul is told it's time. Some people know a year in advance. They know this is their last year. My mother, she was 101, she knew. And the week that she passed away, she knew that that was it. And that gives the person a chance to do the things that they wanted to do, to say what they needed to say, to kind of end responsibly. Then comes the moment when the body and the soul start to separate. It doesn't happen all at once. The soul removes itself, but stays very close to the body. It's hard. It's hard to say goodbye. 
Those are the most painful days after a person is buried because the soul doesn't want to leave the body. It's out of the body, but it doesn't want to go away. So for three days, it is in a lot of pain. And that's why we sit Shiva for seven days. The first three days are very painful. The next four days, a little less painful. By the end of seven days, you got you to gotta stop. Shiva is over. Don't feel bad for the soul anymore because the soul is not in pain. But it still doesn't want to give up on its body. So for 30 days, it clings, it stays close to the body. That's why at the end of 30 days, we make a special event like tonight, because the soul is going through another significant change. But this time it's the change of disconnecting. Then for a year, the soul continues to remember being in a body, the pleasure of being in a body. It still has the body on its mind. By the end of the year, the soul is perfectly happy to be out of the body and just a soul. So on the yard site, on the day of the passing, that's another major disconnect and the soul goes up higher. Aliyah, yeah? the, the neshama has an aliyah. What does it mean an aliyah? It gets more distance from the body, free of the body. However, the soul never completely leaves and forgets because it's going to come back to the body. After Mashiach comes, that same neshama is going to come back to the same body that it had, and it never gives up. And that's why you have to have such kavod for the body. You have to bury it correctly, you have to clean it, because the soul is going to want to come back to it. So once a person has passed away and you've said Shiva and you've said Kaddish, then what? What is your relationship with the soul then? So if it's a father, your relationship is that's your father and you are the, you're the son or the daughter. If it's a grandfather, the grandfather remains a grandfather, and you're the grandchild, and you're the grandson or the granddaughter. If God forbid it's a child who passed away, and the parents are still alive, the parents remain parents, 
the child remains their child. So the parents on earth still need to parent their child who is in heaven. The child that is on earth still need to honor their parents who are in heaven. The relationship doesn't change. Now the danger is that many instances where, where the death was shocking or unexpected or horrible or the person who is grieving and mourning forgets the relationship and just focuses on mourning. That's why according to Jewish custom, at the end of the Shiva, people have to say to the mourner, get up, even though he's getting up, but you have to say it, get up, go back to being the relationship that you've had. At the end of Shiva, go back to being the father, the mother, the son or the daughter, because that's what you are. The danger is if you become like a professional mourner. From now on, all I do is mourn. That's not good for anybody. So if instead of being a father to the child who passed away, you become a mourner of the child, the child doesn't need mourning. The child needs a father and a mother, even if it's from a distance. The father who passed away, the mother, doesn't need you to mourn, needs you to be their child, to honor them, just like when they were here. Only you honor them in different ways. One of the things, and this is really practical and important, you quote your father. That's honoring your parents. So if you do something Jewish and you say, my father did it this way. My father taught me to do it like this. My father wants me to do it like this. That's honoring your father. If you quote something smart, wise, that your father told you, that's honoring your father. And to your children, it's particularly important. Quote your father to your children or to your grandchildren. They need to know where they're coming from. They need to know who their ancestors are and how special they were and how wise and how good and how Jewish. So even if you don't really remember your father saying this smart thing, give him the credit anyway. Because, yeah, he probably said it. But it's an honor for your father. It makes you feel like a good son. And it makes your child feel proud of where he comes from. Because most children think that the world began when they were born. <laughs> 
<laughs> there, there was nothing before me. So connect the generations. Quote your parents to your children. Be the bridge. And the more you quote, the better. The more you attribute, the better. When children know that what's happening in their house comes from their grandfather who is in heaven, that is powerful. That's, that's real life. It's not temporary. Death is temporary. So what happens after you finish saying the year of Kaddish? Now you start thinking he's coming back. Death is temporary. Now, unfortunately for many souls, death was temporary for thousands of years. Like Moshe Rabbeinu is passed away temporarily. <laughs> but that was 3,000 years ago. It's a long temporary. The people who are passing away this year it's going to be a very short temporary. <laughs> it almost doesn't pay to die anymore. You're coming right back. What's the point of dying? But it's going to be very short. This is what we need to tell our children about dying. It's not forever. And in our time, it's going to be a very short temporary. And the person does not die. Grandpa is still the same grandpa. Same sense of humor. If he had a sense of humor. Whatever he didn't like, he still doesn't like. If he said, don't talk like that, he still doesn't want you to talk like that. But now you'll take him more seriously. So, if we understand what it is, it's not so terrible and it's not so scary. It's serious, but not scary. We shouldn't be afraid of it. Of course, we don't want it. But we shouldn't be intimidated. It shouldn't be a threat. Not death and not Gehenna. It's not a threat. It's just a process. Everybody goes through a painful delivery when they're born. Contractions and, and pressure and... And everybody goes through a painful adjustment when they leave the body. That's the Jewish view. The emphasis on the tortures and the things and the suffering and the demons, that's not Jewish. Rabbi, if I can ask you, what about us, we that we are here on earth, 
waiting for that answer to get on our brains. What can we think about it? And how do we fill our heart with the love that you say? Do what, do what a son is supposed to do. At least once a week, what did you do for your father? Honoring, honoring his name. Yes, whatever you can do for him, you give tzedakah for him, he loves it because he wishes he could give tzedakah. If you quote him, he loves it. If you do a mitzvah because he influenced you to do that mitzvah, he loves it. So you can do more for him now than you did while he was alive. So don't change your identity and don't change your relationship. We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal. It's questions and answers. It's conversation. It's really relaxed. It's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program. There's a um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it, just conversation, casual, laid-back, unscripted. So join us. Take a look. Click uh, the link below and see which, which of the three suits you best, and join us for some enjoyable conversation.